All right. Hello. Welcome to SN Off the Shelf. I'm Chloe Riley, uh, executive editor of Supermarket News. And today uh, we've got uh, the people from Acosta, uh, Acosta, newly formed Acosta Group uh, with us today. Um, so Acosta Group is newly aligned retail marketing food service collective uh, that's been formed by kind of the former Acosta, which was a, a sales and marketing agency. Um, and they serve many, many brands, uh, you know, CPG brands like Kellogg's, Campbell's, and uh, top retailers uh, like Walmart, Target, Walgreens. Um, so I'm joined today uh, by Acosta Group's uh, CEO, Brian Wynn. Brian, welcome, and thank you for being here with us today. Good morning, Chloe, and uh, delighted to be here. Happy Wednesday to you. Yeah, happy Wednesday to you. Where are you joining us from today? Our Acosta Group headquarters is in Jacksonville, Florida. So oh. Warm day here in Florida. Okay, see, so you are going to be missing the uh, the massive storm that's supposed to be barreling through the rest of uh, the Midwest and the country today. Uh, personally, yes, but we have teammates throughout the country that'll be enjoying all different parts of the weather. But me myself, I believe you're nice and warm in Florida. Nice, nice. Um, so, Brian, I feel like uh, you know I'd love to jump in here with uh, you know just let's talk about the importance of uh, omni-channel in retail. Uh, you know, I feel like we we just wrote up a report just yesterday that highlighted um, the fact that you know these omni-channel consumers, you know, shoppers, they're people who buy, you know, groceries or buy anything from retail, both online and in-store, they're on the rise. They have the potential to be, you know, really strong sales opportunities for, for supermarket operators, for instance. Um, you know, what, what are you guys seeing on your end? Uh, you know, how should grocers, you know, be thinking about this and why, why is it important to be thinking about that, uh, that consumer? Yeah, well, it's a great question, Chloe, and really timely with uh, the, um, the beginnings of Acosta Group, which was really kind of built for this moment specifically. So omnichannel is super important. We see it as the way of the future. Uh, it's the way of the future for all consumers. I mean, certainly there are early adopters, people earlier in their career, millennials, that are more rapidly adopting an omnichannel shopping pattern and lifestyle. But I think it's broader than just millennials. I think all consumers are moving to a more flexible shopping journey and shopping pattern. So I think it's critically important for all of the retailers to be able to adapt to that new reality. I think it's really important for all brand owners to be able to adapt to that reality. Reality, And it's really important for Acosta Group and agencies like us to be able to adapt to that reality. Consumers today are, are shopping differently than they, they did in the past. You know, you can have a shopper in a store that is on online doing a search while they're physically in a retail outlet. They might choose to buy in the store, they might choose to buy online while they're in the store, right? So people are looking for more flexible ways to get the products that they love um, that match the moment that they're in. And so I think retailers um, and brand owners are, are that's, a, that's an opportunity more than a risk in any, in any way. It's an opportunity to engage consumers in new and exciting ways and it's really important for retailers to to get that right and have a frictionless, seamless experience for that shopper. And frankly, that's one of the things we're trying to build out with Acosta Group is a frictionless, seamless way to access Omnichannel. Yeah, uh, no, that makes so much sense. And I feel like, um, you know, to me, when I'm hearing you talk about these things, too, it feels like it almost seems like you can't talk about Omnichannel without talking about personalization, because it seems like the two, at least in my mind, the two seem linked, you know, that you have to really understand the consumer, the shopper, and really understand where they're at, where they're meeting you, the points at which, which they're meeting you and where, 
Um, so yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think? How, how does Acosta think about personalization? Well, I, I think that's a good bridge that you have between omnichannel and personalization. If you think about personalization, consumers want that in the products that they buy. They want the product, the exact product with the exact ingredients, with the right attributes for their specific needs. They want to be able to buy those in an experience that actually matches where they are in their life. If they're home and they're sick, they want to be able to get that product without having to go to a physical location. If they're out in the store and they're looking to see and touch and experience um, the the experience of a retail environment, they can, they want that in that moment. And so I think uh, companies like ours, we're trying to do the same thing. We're trying to build a suite of services as a company that allow our brand owners and our retail partners to be able to pick what they need for their brand in that moment. So if we, we represent $60 billion brands, we also represent 1,100 brands that are $10 million or less. Their needs are different. And we want to be able to offer a suite of services that allow each brand or retailer to access those services based on their, to use your word, personalization needs uh, in the moment. So I think, you know, Omnichannel is, is a good example of personalization in its kind of shopping uh, manifestation. Uh, but consumers want flexibility and they want personalization. And I think retailers are, are adapting to that. Brand owners are adapting to that. And Acosta Group is an adaptation to that. Hmm. Um, what, pivoting over to, uh, you know, what are uh, what are some of the biggest challenges you're, you're hearing or you're seeing, you know, retailers facing right now? And uh, what are some of the ways that you're you're seeing if you step back that they can be competing at, at the shelf level? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, and since we touch 2,500 uh, brand owners and we touch um, every major retailer, every retailer, large and small, we, we get a good line of sight into the, the, the pivots that are happening in the marketplace. And I, to, to answer your question, I'd give a little context. You go back to 2020, the world shuts down. Everybody works from home. Everyone lives at home. Retail explodes because food service kind of shuts shuts on down. Um, you go into 21, you have the, the beginnings of um, out-of-stock issues, cost rising, prices rising. So that all starts to take place in 21. And most parties are aligned because the retailers need the inflation as well to comp some unnatural spikes that happened in 2020. Um, and, re and consumer brands needed to do it to offset some of their costs. You move into 22, that starts to become a little bit more um, uh, tension causing because unit sales begin to decline right across the marketplace and you know what we've heard from all of our uh, brand owners and the retailers that we do business with as we move into 2023 re-engaging re and reigniting unit growth is important to everybody you, you, as a brand owner you need people to engage and buy your brand not just pay a lot for something and so actual unit sales which is kind of the consumption of the product is really, really important. And retailers are saying the same thing. We, we need to get more than just price. We need to actually get units growing again. So I think everybody's aligned against driving unit performance in 2023. And I think that's where um, brand owners, uh, retailers, and, and us are all trying to focus on how do you do that? How do you do that? And some of the things we've built out with the Costa Group are designed for that moment, which is to really help stimulate growth but through better price package architecture as brands get back on the shelf, what's the right pricing to create the right value for the consumer? Um, what's the right innovation? Is, is the innovation just a line extension or is it truly a breakthrough in terms of trying to drive new 
uh, new categories, if you will. And I think those are really important. The revenue growth management. Um, a lot of trade spend was reduced from the marketplace during the pandemic because a lot of brands didn't spend money on it because you didn't have supply. So why would you over promote something that you didn't have much inventory of? Well, as we move into 2023, the reemergence of trade spend is going to be important for retailers and brand owners. But revenue growth management, and that's the science of it, is really important to be able to make sure we reintroduce trade in a better way than we did trade back in 2019. Let's not go back to old bad habits. Let's use more modern um, practices to drive that demand. At, at Acosta Group, one of the things we've done is we've built out a dedicated digital business unit. We built out an entire commercial organization to help drive revenue growth management for our clients and our retailers. Uh, we're actually certifying all of our business managers on digital commerce so that when they're at a retailer, they're as effective at building out the digital shelf for the retailer as they are what should be on the, on the physical shelf. And so I think demand creation, um, driving unit growth is going to be important to everybody in 2023. And we won't have the same price lever that we all had in 2021 and 2022. Yeah, I was just going to say, I want to go back to that pricing architecture because um, I'm definitely curious from your perspective, you know, how do you manage something like that when you're dealing with inflation? You know, you've got all these things outside of your control. Inflation, uh, you've got, I know a study just came out recently saying that, um, you know, looking at margins, pricing margins, you know, that consumers have this perception right now that grocers, you know, that they're, that they're making like a 33% profit margin, uh, you know, on, on, on a lot of things in the store, when in reality that's closer to 2%, you know. So how do you manage um, both sort of the out-of-control factors of the real world and also the story that, um, you know, that consumers are starting to hear in their head, you know, which is, oh, hey, I'm, I'm really getting, I'm getting killed here and this, and this grocer's making a, a big buck um, when, you know, maybe that's not exactly the case. Yeah, well, we know that the reality is that there's nobody's really price gouging or any of those kind of things. What you really have is an absolute reality of cost increases in the marketplace that hit brand owners and that flow through to retailers that flow through to the consumer. Um, so those are the, the facts of the matter are that there, there has been a, a rising cost environment that everybody's been having to deal with. I think what's important uh, for brand owners and retailers to, to really think about value, what the right value proposition is for consumers. And that varies by category. Again, we, we represent brands in food and beverage. We represent brands that do like consumer electronics. So we kind of see the whole range of what the consumer is experiencing. And that, that understanding the value proposition and that journey of that shopper in that category is really important because the decisions that consumers are making for uh, uh, discretionary versus non-discretionary are somewhat different, right? Like what are the trigger points? What are the value points? What are the moments in time that somebody says, yes, I'm gonna convert from shopping to buying? And, and really making sure that you have a good line of sight as a brand owner and as a retailer about that, that consumer journey and where that consumer is in that category, because it's really, really important. I'd say the second thing is really to make sure they're thinking about their product offering in a way that thinks about the consumer. So, you know, uh, in the past, you might have had a certain pack size that you offered to the marketplace. Well, you have some consumers that are really pressed for, lots of consumers that are really pressed for just an outlay of cash. You might need some smaller pack sizes that have a lower absolute price, not just always going up and saying, well, I'll offer this 
super size that is the best value. It may be the best value, but maybe I don't have enough money to buy it. And so I think kind of rethinking your price pack architecture across brands and categories is going to be really important to be able to make sure you can tap into the consumer wherever they might be. If I'm a consumer that's got enough cash, but I'm watching you know, my expenses, I might go to a larger pack size to get the best value. Somebody else might not have that, that ability. And therefore, you got to make sure that there's an offering for your brand within a store that, that kind of taps into people at the different economic spaces that they're at right now going into 2023. So it's a, it's a important time to be knowledgeable and to build in flexibility into your business so that you can meet the consumer that's in a pretty volatile place right now. Yeah, Brian, I just want to reflect back. I keep hearing uh, flexibility and definitely value. Um, I think that's just, uh, you know, I'm glad you used that word because uh, that's just, we keep hearing, you know, everybody's looking for value right now, but um, actually being able to provide, you know, sort of that real true deep value um, that translates to, you know, sort of repeat shopping, repeat customers, um, you know, it, it is so critical right now, it seems like. Um, Absolutely. I want to say, Brian, um, tell us about sort of your your company's big news. You guys just restructured to be a cost of group. You know, tell us a little bit more about that decision and kind of what it means and what it reflects for you guys. Well, great, Chloe. Thank you. Um, you know, and it builds on all that we just talked about. Like we, we are um, reimagining uh, our company into a cost of group for many of the exact reasons we just talked about. It's really market driven. We're really trying to create a company that is built for 2023 and and forward. So uh, it's a, it's an exciting time for our company. Uh, it's a new enterprise brand for our company. So we we have a lot of go to market brands. We have uh, retail brands. We have food service brands. We now have a digital uh, business that we acquired. We have a series of marketing organizations, and we want to put them all into a suite of services, a frictionless suite of services for our clients. One of our two um, segments is going to be omni-channel sales and service for all the reasons that we opened up this podcast on. To be able to provide um, access, uh, connecting brands with consumers um, in, in an omni-channel way. And we want to be able to do that in a way that's really easy for our brand owners to be able to do that. There's also, as you know, blurring of traditional channels in a sense, right? You think about most major retailers have a very large food service offering today within their four walls. And so if you're, if you're a company like ours, you want to be able to help brand owners build their business in worlds that even have blurring channels in that sense. Um, it's, we believe this is a really powerful platform to be able to help brands build their business wherever the consumer shops. The consumer explores brands, makes decisions, you know, in all sorts of different places. And we want to be able to be there in that moment. And um, it's, a, it's also a culmination of the journey we've been on since 2020 to transform the company. Um, we've been investing, uh, because we have an excellent uh, financial footing as a company, we've been investing through the pandemic. You know, we acquired several businesses. We acquired five companies during the pandemic. Uh, and, then, and that's allowed us to be able to play offense and be able to provide our brand owners and retailers the services they're looking for. But those five companies all came together over the last 24 months. So Acosta Group's a chance to kind of make coherent a company that had gone through a series of acquisitions. And and the third thing I would say is, you know, it's it really does build us into a, a new company. Uh, is it's it's really about 
building a company that's built for the needs, the commercial needs of tomorrow. Uh, and we really think we are uh, unique in that regard. I mean, there's a lot of agencies out there that can do pieces of what we do, but it's the frictionless suite of services that we think will be the competitive advantage for us. And more importantly, it'll be the benefit to our retailers and to our clients. So we're really excited about it. It's a, an exciting time. We're uh, launching it officially later on this month, so you get an early peek at it. And uh, uh, you know, we're really excited about it. We also think it's going to be a great opportunity for our associates in the company. We think it'll provide them a, a richer canvas under, under, onto which they can paint their, their career. Well, that's great. Well, congratulations on that. Um, I, I, yeah, the the food service piece that you brought up too, um, and just that blurring you're talking about. Um, I know that that's a, been a focus for us uh, is food service at retail. Um, I know we've just seen, you know, obviously since the pandemic and you know in 2022 as well, um, just the rise of food service at retail and prepared foods and uh, the consumer kind of demand and hunger for that um, as well. So. Uh, I know that's definitely a, an area of interest for us and an area that we're we're keeping an eye on, a growing area. Um, so great to see your focus there, and we'll have to tune back in about that. Yeah, yeah, we're really excited about it. I mean, we have the, we've built out what we believe is overwhelmingly the strongest capability around food service, and most of our brand owners, one of their biggest priorities is how to do more food service at retail. Mm. And we believe we are uniquely positioned for this moment. Mm. It's great to hear, Brian. Um, Brian, anything else? Anything else that uh, you'd like our audience to know or anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, thank you for uh, your time today. Thanks for your interest in, you know, exploring the industry topics with us. And I would just leave you with, we're really excited about Acosta Group. We think it's, uh, you know, we were the first national agency. We're a 95-year-old company that is reimagining itself so that on our 100th birthday, we're the best version of ourselves ever. And uh, so that's what we're, we're trying to do is build out a company that's great partners to our retailers, great partners to our brand owners, and a great place to work for our associates. So we're excited to be a part of the journey with you. That's great, Brian. And how many can say the same at 100, you know, that you're, you're your best version of yourself at 100 years? That's a great goal. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, great. Well, great. Well, thanks so much again for joining us today, Brian. And uh, yeah, take care. We'll hope to see you back on. Well, fantastic. Thank you, Chloe.